Super Talk Mississippi media production. What if everyone was turning their head to look at you with a brand new Flowmaster exhaust system from Exhaust Pro in Macomb on Georgia Avenue? Cruise in style with Exhaust Pro of Macomb on Georgia Avenue. What is up on a Friday? I am Brian Scott Rippey. My co-conspirator, as always, is Colin Brister. We still don't have an intro, so I'm saying this again. But we appreciate you hanging out with us on this Friday the 13th. Oh, holy. It's Friday yeah, the 13th. Yeah. Okay. I uh, I did not. I, I honestly did not notice that. Full moon tonight, too. Really? Is that a, th- yeah. are you, is that a real thing? Yeah. Okay. Um. Interesting. So, full moon. stay in your house. What? You better stay in your house. I am probably staying in my house tonight because I am exhausted. Uh, so, pack show today. It's Mailbag Friday. The People's Holiday is back. So, we've got your questions. We'll get into some picks and stuff like we normally do. I am quite tired. I stayed up all night writing a story that I just dropped on Sam Williams and some of the stuff he's overcome to get to Ole Miss. He's got a pretty wild journey and an improbable one at that. So you can read that at supertalk.fm. I got a lot of caffeine in me. What's up? Not much. I don't never really got, like, I don't think I pulled one all-nighter in college. I stayed up, like, till 3 a.m. studying and then woke up at, like, 7. But I was never, like, the, the all-nighter guy. I just couldn't do it. Yeah, i say that. I wasn't entirely truthful. I think I slept from about 2.30 to 5. Okay. So, okay. I mean, not entirely an all-nighter, but it's one of those things where it was basically like a nap. It was a power nap. Yeah, and I basically probably, like, like I say that, if I got in bed at 2.30, I probably fell asleep at 3, woke up at 4.45, and was back riding at 5. It's like hour 45 sleep. Did you set an alarm? Yeah, I did. I, I, did. I was not waking up by chance. Now, if, I had, if I had not set an alarm, I was I was toast for the day. <laughs> you got it done, though. You, you got the content to the people, so that's all that matters. Yeah, I got it out. So we're, uh, we should be good to go on that front. So go read that if you know how to read. Uh, anyway... Let's get right to these questions, I guess. We'll, we'll, All right. We'll go questions first, kind of get into some football. I'm sure the questions will take into some football, aside from the ridiculous ones we normally get. So bear with me, because I, uh, I am seeing, not seeing I'll tell you what, I've got, uh, I got the comments pulled up to, uh, to your tweet. I'll read the questions, and you just answer them. How about that? All right, that works. That works. All right. Uh, let's see, top picks for, I guess he's just asking who, who's, the uh, top candidates for Ole Miss's athletic director's job. Uh, I'll let you go first. You got to hire a chancellor first. Well, I agree, but I do think there's some underlying candidates that are going to be out there regardless of the chancellor. Maybe, but at the same time, I think, I, I think, like the guy in charge of hiring the athletic director is probably going to have a significant sway in who his candidate pool is. Because I mean, sure. not, not to, not to beat a dead horse. Or whatever cliche you want to use, but like, if you didn't have Jeff Vitter as the chancellor, then Matt Luke's not the football coach, and probably isn't even really considered that much. So, oh, absolutely. I, I, think I mean, it, I'm not. I'm not suggesting that the chancellor is not going to have uh, influence from that regard. I just think that there's going to be no matter who the candidate is. I think Keith Carter is going to be a candidate, although I don't think he winds up getting the full time gig. Uh, I think John Hartwell at Utah State is going to be a candidate. I think that might be about as far as I'm willing to go is, is, is people that I think have actual legitimate shots at the job right now. That's fair. I, I couldn't even name you a candidate at this point because I'd like to see who's in charge and who's making the hire before kind of gathering who... All right. Uh, let's see. With Georgia and Alabama suffocating Ole Miss's recruiting over the past three years, what should we expect from Arch Manning even though he's so young? I think Arch Manning is going to Ole Miss. He's 14. He doesn't know where he's going. I think that, for the love of God, if Archie Manning's namesake doesn't wind up at Ole Miss, God help everyone. Yeah, I guess that's fair, but I, I don't know. The kid's 14 years old. I'm not about to start predicting where he's going to college. I I, I mean, yeah, but, it, you know, ninth graders are starting to commit all the time now. Yeah, but he can't even drive. <laughs> Oh God! So, and the first part of that question is kind of wild. If with Alabama and Georgia suffocating Ole Miss's recruiting, like when has that not been the case? Uh, 
No, Ole Miss wasn't suffocated by Georgia and Alabama 20, probably 13 to 2016. I mean, Ole Miss got their, got their, their druthers. I'm not saying they consistently beat those guys, but Ole Miss wasn't, you know, pounded on. They, those guys didn't come into the state of Mississippi and take Ole Miss's kids like they're doing right now. I guess, but I would say 60 to 70 years of history points that they have for the most of the time outside of an anomaly. I, man, Ole Miss and State had done, had done a decent job up until recently of keeping kids in state from about 2011 to about 2016. The past three years has not been a good look, though. Yeah, I mean, they do, particularly with the Nicobe Dean and the latest cycle and all that, I would certainly agree. But I would say that the top talent has not always left the state, but it's pretty like pretty regularly a lot of kids have left the state just because, I mean, to be completely honest, Ole Miss and State can't really offer what an Alabama and Georgia can, and I don't think that's changing anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's certainly fair. Uh, I don't know. It's just the, the suffocating part. I think it's changed a little bit recently, maybe with Ole Miss's NCAA investigation, how they have to recruit. Uh, read into that what you will. Let's see. Uh, is there a chance Tennessee loses to the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga this weekend? Ooh. I know nothing yeah. about UT Chattanooga other than Terrell Owens went there. Uh, uh, I remember Dan Mullen saying that the only other scholarship Nick Fitzgerald had was UT Chattanooga. With a cigar in his mouth after Nick Fitzgerald ran for 600 yards in the Egg Bowl. Yeah, and got to 5-7. and seven. Another story for another day. That oh, cracks no, me up, though. That was such a power move. He took, like, a puff of cigar and goes, UT Chattanooga. Great program. Yeah. Uh, no, there's no chance UT Chattanooga wins this weekend. You say that. Uh, man, look. At some point, SEC athletes are just better than FBS athletes. Yeah, right? I don't think this is going to happen either. I was mostly just poking fun at Tennessee. But, man, if it... I mean, if it, let's just say craziness. Say that does happen. Pruitt and the entire staff has to be fired before they hit the locker room, right? Well, I mean, somebody's got to coach the final nine games. But, yeah, I mean, Pruitt fired that night. I think Phil Fulmer, Phil Fulmer's wife, and Phil Fulmer's kids would probably do it. Also, if they do lose, does Chattanooga get to use the name Tennessee as a result of the win? I think they should definitely be allowed. I think that I, sh- that, that's absolutely factual. I think that yeah. should be agreed upon before the game. Change their name from the mocks to the volunteers. Start wearing orange. Just completely take over the school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just start, like, painting your end zone checkerboard and just tell them you're Tennessee. Yeah, I I like it. Yeah, so, no, I don't think this is going to happen. I think Tennessee will get back on the right track this week. I don't think they're as bad as they've been the first two weeks. They're not. They just like last week. I didn't get to watch much of that game, but you mentioned the seventy-yard pass or the busted coverage or whatever. They're just kind of inventing ways to lose, and that doesn't necessarily mean you're. I mean, this sounds like an oxymoron, but like that doesn't necessarily mean you're not a talented football team. It just means you're you're bad. Yeah, Is there you a don't difference? Know how to win. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. In a hypothetical situation, let's say Ole Miss defense is legit, but the entire for the entire season, and they keep the. And they keep them competitive in the SEC, but go five and seven, and Coach Mack gets several head coaching offers. Would Ole Miss offer him to be the head coach, or let him leave and trust the process with Coach Luke? Uh, Matt Luke is not getting fired for five and seven. There's no scenario where that happens. Yeah, I don't see that either. And even let's just say that was the case, and it was like worse. Like say they're like. I don't think they're going three and nine, but say they went like three and nine, and the defense was really good, and the offense was just anemic. I don't see any scenario where they just—I mean, you really think they can him and make the like? I just don't see that happening. Even if Matt Luke were in a situation where he maybe deserved to be fired, and I don't—for I, the record, I don't think Matt, there's any realistic scenario where Matt Luke gets fired at the end of the season. I just don't see that happening. Whether it's a lack of leadership in place whether it's their financial situation or really anything else, I don't see a realistic situation. But if that were the case, do you really see them offering the job? Like, the way this, I guess what I'm trying to say is the way this question is phrased is making it sound like, hey, maybe Max more qualified. Do you just oust Luke and put him in there? I don't see that happening. No, I don't I don't see that situation. I, a lot of these questions, and, and they're fair because of, you know, the, the pedigrees of Rich Rodriguez and Mike McIntyre, I don't think there's really a scenario where one side of the football is going to be so much more elite than the other that you've got to hire that person to be your head coach. 
because that is, that, that that entails so much. Like, okay, first of all, you have to lose a lot of football games. Second of all, the person that you're going to hire has to be has to have been extremely extremely good. And if they're extremely extremely good, why did you lose a lot of football games? Um, and I think the answer to that question, if if that scenario arose, would would go deeper than Matt Luke. Yeah, and. I mean, I say that, and this was the risk that everyone thought he was taking when he made those hires. Is like, are you hiring your eventual replacements? I guess there's a chance of that, but like at five and seven, and they're just like, hey, let's kick this into another gear and oust him and put uh, put Mike McIntyre in. I don't see it. I guess it would be more likely if it was a catastrophic record, but I still don't see this either way. No, I'm with you completely. Uh, let's see. If receivers outside of Moore and Sanders do not start to create better separation, do you think they would try some of the young guys out there uh, out they were probably planning on redshirting? Yes. Well, I mean, who? Uh, I, I would I would beg the question, who are you planning on redshirting? Who, who is uh, that? Dennis Jackson and, and Mingo still a candidate? I mean, maybe, but I don't. I don't think Mingo will redshirt. I could be wrong. Like you could get to a point in the year where he just doesn't crack it and he hasn't played four games, or he's played four games and hasn't gone beyond that threshold, and maybe does. But I don't think that's as much in the plan for him as I say, as I would say, like a Dennis Jackson or someone else. That that makes any sense at all. Yeah. No. I, look, I think Ole Miss is going to do everything they can to win football games this year. But if that's taking a redshirt off a kid, then yeah, I think they'll absolutely do it. Uh, I'm with you in asking who those kids are. Uh, I don't think Mingo's going to redshirt, although the possibility is still there. I'm looking at Ole Miss's recruiting class last year. Um, Jaden Jackson was the receiver they signed. Let's see. I mean, uh, it, it, that's really all you're talking at, about is Mingo and the two Jackson kids, right? Well, Jernigan, Jernigan, uh, but I don't. I think he's going to redshirt. Yeah. So, no, I. I Dennis Jackson's the only type one that they could get, uh, you know, a redshirt pulled off of. My thing. This question brings me back to a a moment in fall camp, and I believe it's the only time we've talked to Jacob Peeler in fall camp. Is when, and I brought this up on the show before. Is he pointed out that this that last year, yeah, they had the star-studded receivers, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, Demarcus Lodge, and all that, but they weren't a very deep football team at receiver. It was those three guys: Braylon Sanders, Elijah Moore, kind of came on. I mean, thirty-six catches. That, that's definitely making an impact. But once AJ, Bra- I mean, once excuse me, DK Metcalf went down, they didn't have a lot of depth. Like, DeMarcus Gregory wasn't healthy. They didn't really have anyone to be able to step up and go in there. So they went into the last couple games really just playing for receivers. And he pointed out that DeMarcus Lodge went into that Vanderbilt game and probably shouldn't have played because he had a broke, like, a not a broken ankle, sprained ankle and was limping around pretty good on it. And so... Like they just kind of they they stuck him out there because they didn't have any other options, and so he was talking about how he wanted to be a deeper receiving core this year, and I think part of that plays into it. So I I, I don't think he's going to hold off on playing guys because I think he wants to be six, seven, eight deep at this position, and so I think he's pretty much willing to throw anybody in there if it means they'll win games, like you said, because like we've mentioned, Ole Miss only had two receivers catch the ball catch a pass last game and that's just yep. not really sustainable I know Rich Rod wants to run it I know they're running it 68-69% of the time right now and that's probably the balance they want but that's still I don't think it's necessarily sustainable for you to have two guys catching passes throughout the course of a game they need a third and fourth guy and to this guy's question if those guys the, the third and fourth candidates right now the Dontario Drummonds I guess it's Mingo as well aren't really doing a whole lot then yeah I think they would definitely be open to trying other guys I'm completely with you there. Uh, let's see. Oh, I love these type questions. Okay. All right. You're, how many run? All right. So let, let me let me paraphrase. How many runs would you need to feel comfortable to close out a major league baseball game? Like, how many runs do you have to be up for you to take the mound and close the game out? Ten. Ten. Okay. I was thinking closer to fifteen. A lot of people in here are saying like twenty to twenty-five. I don't. I, Eventually that makes me sound cocky people, as right? hell, I guess, huh? Do what? I guess that makes me sound cocky as hell. I said 10, people are saying 25. <laughs> well, I, that, my thing is, like, the ball's going to go at people. Uh, that's just how baseball works, right? Yeah, and I, I'd like to point out, and this is, I actually have a great Ryan Buchanan story. You ready to hear this? Yes. 
So when I played Little League Baseball, I was on Buchanan's team when I was 10, I think. I, roughly 10 years old. We were the Marlins. No big deal. Pretty sick teal jerseys. Uh, but Buchanan would pitch the first, like, four innings because you had, like, an innings limited at that age. And I yep. would pitch the last couple. But it, the reason it worked is because he would go in there and throw gas. And I would throw it as hard as I can. But it was so slow, it would screw up the other hitters. And yeah, my, it, was like, it, it, it had a drop to it, right? It yep. wasn't a curveball, it just dropped. Oh, well, actually, that, that was the next part of this. It may have been a curveball. My hands were so small that I couldn't grip a, a four-seam fastball with two fingers. So I'd put a third finger on it. So I think it technically might have been a changeup. <laughs> But my point in saying that is, in all seriousness, if this was going to be a thing, I think we would throw so slow it might screw them up. Okay, but would you throw enough strike? Oh, I think I could throw a strike. And I'm not, like, and I haven't played baseball since I was, like, 12. I don't think I could throw a strike, or enough strikes. I don't think that'd be a problem. Yeah. If they sat I back think, and waited on that, they'd hit that more, to the moon, though. More practical than 20 to 25. I mean, just the nature of baseball, the ball goes at me. Like, you know, uh, let's see. Okay, here's another sports hypothetical. All right, would you rather have to score if, if you if you accomplish this, you win a million dollars. If you don't, you get a year in prison. Would you rather who put keeps a ball sending us these? On a major league pitcher, who keeps sending us these? For one point in the NBA or gain a first down in the uh, NFL. Wait, who, wait, say that again. Who keeps sending us the year in prison thing? Why I don't want to go to prison. <laughs> Okay, fine. You just win a million dollars if you get one of these right. Okay. Uh, let's see. All right. Score point in the NBA. Put one ball in play on a major league pitcher. Convert a fourth and one in the NFL. Which one are you taking? I think score a point in the NBA. Okay. Couldn't you, like, just dribbling back and running away from the guys, couldn't you throw up a fadeaway if you got enough shots and just kind of, you know, clank it off the glass or something? Yeah. Because you're going to get – what, 60 shots if you just need one point and maybe you get fouled at some point? Yeah, it was like Kobe's last two years in the league. <laughs> he went out with 60, man. <laughs> How many shots did he take that night? And I'm hey, not, he hey, shot, I'm not he hating. He on him that, about that. He shot 50% that night. Yeah, how many shots did he take? I don't know a lot. I know. I'm not hating on that. I thought that night was awesome. I thought them letting him take that many shots was awesome. Like, I, I'm not hating on that at all. But it's so funny. It's like Kobe went out with 60. It's like, yeah, well, like, look how many times he shot the ball. Anyway. Well, I mean, if you shoot 50%, they're going to give you a lot of shots. Well, sure, and that was part of it. That was the point. It's like, hey, you're one of the greatest players to ever play this game. Just go out and pretend like you're the only person on the court, which one could argue he might have done for the last couple years, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, Not quite 50 22 of 50. He took 50 shots. That is so awesome. Can you imagine you're a professional <laughs> athlete in your last game, you take 50 shots. Oh, God, he took 50 shots. The Lakers went 17 and 65 that year. I want to cry. Um, let's see. Let me get back to the question. <laughs> I don't even know if I want to ask this. Somebody asked if uh, we'll bring Brandon Walker on the podcast for Egg Bowl Week. I don't think my company would like that. <laughs> I don't know Brandon. I don't know who he is. I think it's a kind of a funny and like cool story that like you know he gets berated on a gambling show and then turns it into a full time job at Barstool Sports. Like I'm all for people moving up in the world, and I yeah. think that's awesome. But I don't know him, so no, probably not. Yeah, thanks. Uh, let's see. Do we believe birds are actually government controlled drones? No, I am I worried believe. about a lot of you guys out there. How many times have we been asked this question? <laughs> I think they're asking, like, what are... Because we never gave, like, an actual opinion. I think they're asking, like, do we actually believe that? I, I didn't um, know an actual opinion was needed. No, I do not believe birds are government drones. Because I don't believe a government drone could shit on you. And I've been pooped on by many birds. If Ole Miss were to play Kansas State this weekend, who do you think would win? Uh, Ole Miss by four if it's an Oxford. No, I would say Kansas State. I haven't seen enough from Ole Miss right now. I don't know enough about Ole Miss to make a gauge that they're going to win the game. I mean, I Kansas State is so slow, man. <laughs> they are. So hey, our our handicapper Lee Sterling, the one one of the two we have on the show, picked yeah. Kansas State to win outright. Wow! And that man is not in the business of losing money. No, I hope he's right. Uh, is Cooley going to win the hot? No. Wait, wait, go back to this other one for a second, because I actually, I read that last night, and I find this an interesting question. If, 
And I think this is regards to Memphis either. And Richard kind of got crushed by a couple people on the radio show for saying this the other day. But if Ole Miss played, like, say, if he had asked, if the, whoever asked that last question, if you had told me in November or, like, end of October, I might have a different answer because it did seem like Ole Miss made drastic improvements as bad as Arkansas is up front on the offensive line. They look more confident and played faster offensively. And so as this offense tends to gel and as they get more comfortable into this new scheme and things become less new, I guess, for the lack of a better phrase, I might be more inclined to pick Ole Miss. But I don't think in a September game, game two, game three or whatever, after what I've seen, I don't think I can pick them against very many Power 5 teams. Arkansas, I would say, is the outlier because, God, they're bad. Uh, I don't know. I mean, in fairness, I have I watched Kansas State play it down this year. No, I'm sure I'll watch them Saturday. I can't. I don't know what what time is Ole Miss play Saturday. Uh, this Saturday, three o'clock. Okay, so Kansas State State play at eleven. I'm sure I'll watch most of that. Uh, I'll probably have a better gauge after this weekend. Let's see. Cooley going to win the Heisman? No. Uh, the nimble Octavius Cooley, though, making dudes miss. He uh, he always has an interesting game against Arkansas. I say interesting does. because last year in that game in Little Rock, if you'll recall, he made a pretty good snack near the Ole Miss sideline. And then Arkansas just decided they didn't really have any interest in tackling him. And so they kind of gave him a little like frontal hit, and then he just kept running down the sideline. And then he had the 17 fumble when the game that kind of shifted the course of the game. And then, of course, this last year he was, you know, breaking ankles and such. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, he looks good. Uh, that that was a really good game for him last week, minus the fumble, which I don't put entirely on him. But yeah, I mean, I, I think the kid's a good football player. That fumbles uh, on Matt Corral. Do what? That fumbles on Matt Corral. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't. Yeah, that wasn't good. good. I actually, I don't go back and listen to our podcast very often, but I went back and listened because someone was giving me grief about talking about that being an option on that play. And I think I, I misspoke in the sense that like, I wasn't saying that was an option play. Cooley right. was an option at some point on that play, but not at that point. It's kind of yeah, how Rich he, Rodriguez he could have described it. out it. there, uh, you know, after he, whatever with the, you know, after he didn't hand it off on the read. But after that, I don't think you're supposed to still be in the play. No, not at all. <laughs> all right, you're going to have to forgive me. So, like, quick story. Uh, the person I'm living with took my glasses today instead of theirs because I put mine on the coffee table. So I am legally blind right now. So trying to read these questions is a little bit of an issue. Let's see. Do you need me to read them? No, I think I got it. It's just right, the computer's right by my face. All right, since this weekend is essentially a tune-up game for Ole Miss, what do you think Ole Miss tries to tweak and improve on? That's a good Uh, question. It, that's a good question because I, I like stuff like this because this is the kind of stuff like we should be talking about on Fridays anyway. And yeah. I think this is an insightful question. Um, so what, what, say, repeat it one more time so I don't answer him the wrong way. Okay. Uh, since this weekend is essentially a tune-up game for Ole Miss, what do you think Ole Miss tries to tweak and improve on? I think they're probably going to play more guys on the offensive line. I could end up being totally wrong about this by the time Sunday morning hits. But I think you're going to see some Jalen Cunningham, some oh, if the game gets out of hand in particular, some Chandler Tewitt, some... Who else am I missing on this that hasn't played very... Like Jeremy James, probably? Maybe some... Not Darius Thomas, that's the kid with the heart condition. Bryce Ramsey, excuse me. Maybe some Ben Brown at center. I think they'll have the ability to tweak a lot more and move around some guys on the offensive line because I think they will be able to be a little bit more physically dominant up front. And so I I think you'll see a lot more uh, guys on the offensive line kind of seeing what they have. And that's taken a bit with a grain of salt because, of course, you're playing an FCS opponent in southeastern Louisiana. So what those guys do in this isn't necessarily indicative of what maybe they're capable of doing in an SEC game or not capable of doing. But I think you'll see more offensive linemen. I think they'll try to get more receivers involved. I don't think Braylon Sanders will play. He was not at practice on Tuesday. Matt Luke dubbed him a game-time decision again on Wednesday. I don't see any reason to play in particular if he's not practicing. Why would you tweak that hamstring again like, or re-injure it over a game southeastern Louisiana? And so does that open a path for a Mingo or a, or Don, or Dontario Drummond or some of the guys we were talking about earlier, 
Dennis or Jaden Jackson, you get four games, and this would definitely qualify as the games where youngsters are going to play. What do you see from there? Are they have better chemistry with Matt Crowell? Because one of the things that's important to remember in all this, and I wrote about this last week in terms of chemistry with Elijah Moore, that chemistry and the, the reason Matt Corral trusts Eliza Moore, one of the reasons, is because they were they, they did so much offseason work together as classmates in the sense they're in the same recruiting class. And they threw to each other a decent bit when Corral got on the field in the limited action he did. So that had been brewing for last year. And as young as Corral is, he's going to need to have some of that still in just like actual game action that counts because he just hasn't had a lot of game reps. That yep. was a long answer. Did I hit on anything that sounded remotely educated? No, I, I think you're exactly right. They're going to try to get depth among you know a lot of positions on the offensive side of the football. I'm interested to see who plays backup quarterback if Ole Miss gets up a lot. Um, defense should just kind of keep doing what it does. Uh, I don't really think there's a lot you know that that they're trying to improve on after the first two games and their performance. Yeah, but that's basically it. Build upon the depth on offense at pretty much every position, honestly. Yeah, defensive side of the ball, I. What are they trying to improve on the defensive side of the ball? Mike McIntyre is not pleased with how the secondary is played. I I don't know enough. Uh, to be, I'll be completely honest. I don't know enough about what Louisiana Southeastern Louisiana does offensively to know if they'll be tested. But they will definitely be trying to improve there as far as tackling, as far as bl- busted coverages, and aside from that, I think this is a good gauge to kind of. Oh, here's here's another good one. Getting the calls in and getting everybody lined up correctly because that was predominantly Mohamed Sanogo's job. Lakia yep. Henry had some check responsibilities next to him at the Jack linebacker position, but Mohamed Sanogo, a vocal leader, so cliche, but he really was in that sense getting people lined up. I think this is going to be an important week because that's something that doesn't matter the opponent, right? That's something no, you can no. work on. It doesn't matter the opponent. Getting those calls in, getting people lined up, and making sure that's comp- at a competent enough level. Because when we talked to Jeff Koontz, the inside linebacker coach, on Tuesday, he acknowledged that they missed a couple of calls and checks once he went out of the game. None of them were detrimental, and none of them necessarily led directly to gigantic plays. But that's something that's going to come back to bite you in a close game down the road when a game maybe you're trying to win to get to bowl eligibility. Maybe it's you're in a game you shouldn't be with A&M. Maybe you're trying to win in Starkville to get to that sixth win. That kind of stuff they need to shore up now because Mohamed Sanogo is probably not coming back. Yeah, and, and I would argue this week it'd probably be a little bit harder to get calls in because you're going to play a lot of guys this week. So this is a, is a good week to improve on that because, like I said, the, the, the amount of guys that you're going to play on Saturday – probably isn't comparable to when you go to Starkville. You're, you're going you're to play more guys this weekend. So that's a really good point. I, I, yeah, I mean, they, they need to be able to improve upon that and, and see how that goes. But the, uh, this is another insightful question from the same gentleman. Uh, how do you see the podcast growing? What changes do you see in the near and distant future for the podcast? What changes? Well, apparently we're getting an intro. That's the big word on the street. I think you keep lying to the people, Rip. If if, if I'm lying to the people, it's because I'm being lied to. So I'm taking the bullet for you guys. I'm not a hero, but if you want to call me one, that's cool too. So apparently we're getting an intro. As far as changes, I don't know. I'd like to be more consistent about the segments we do. Uh, Part of that is really just on me throughout the day. Not, I don't want to say not dedicating enough time to it, but maybe not being as organized enough to sitting down and being like, okay, this is what I'll do on Monday Wednesday, but I think that's also also a difficult balance because the impromptu nature of this, I think people like. We had some asshole yesterday on the radio show, so we have a text line. Here's a great story. Yeah. So we have a text line, and because I never had Super Talk's Gmail password, I never really saw the text line because people tw- like text in throughout the show, like it's a pretty running conversation. But I would never see it because I didn't have their Gmail. And frankly, I don't care, so I would just keep up with it through Richard. And I saw, I opened it for the first time yesterday because I finally got the password. And there was this dude from Tupelo who apparently just cannot stand me. And was just, it'd been harping on for months that just like, this guy's terrible. Hire a co-. He threw the competent journalist card. So the guy who knows nothing about journalism threw down the, this guy's an incompetent journalist. Which, by the way, go read. Anyway. Sorry, got a little heated there. But anyway, so he was—he just couldn't stand me. So he was talking about how he listens to every podcast but thinks they're terrible. That's a hell of a dynamic, isn't it? Look, I'm going to be honest. I don't listen to podcasts that I think are terrible. I, You know, maybe he has more time in the day than, than I do. Uh, but, 
you know, uh, maybe his free time isn't as valuable, but I can assure you I don't waste an hour of my time three days a week listening to something that is garbage. But but more power to people that do. Hey, but he liked you. He said you carried the show. He told me I was terrible. Uh, Well, how about that? Uh, So I've just got to notice this. Guy who repeatedly listens and – listens and I would say takes in content and then repeatedly complains about a field that he has no clue about. That guy is normally very weird in person and has accomplished little to nothing in your life in his life. That's just a general social thing. Keep an eye on that one. So so you're saying when he listens to the podcast today he's gonna get upset. Yeah probably and I hope he does. Is Elijah Moore a top five SEC receiver? I don't know. I don't know enough about SEC receivers. Uh, and that's probably my fault. It's a good question. I'm going to say no. Okay. I mean, you got Alabama's receiving core. There's a lot of good receivers. He's in the conversation of top ten. I don't know about top five yet. Yeah, no, that's certainly fair. Uh, I mean, there, there's a lot of good receivers in this league, without a doubt. Let's see. Uh, getting that one. What do you think the odds are Ole Miss ever wears a red helmet? Uh, not high. Uh, I'm not a uniform savant, but I would say not high either just because I don't – I mean, every helmet Ole Miss has gone with the last couple of years aside from the white one hasn't necessarily been a new design, right? So, like – Yeah. So, I, I would say not likely. But I guess you okay. never know. These kids are so into, like, new ju- stuff, new uniforms and all that nowadays that I guess you don't really know. So no, – Fair. So I mean, it, the, if if there were ever day and age for it to happen, I'd guess it would be with all these Gen Xers. Is that is that the correct term, Gen X? Gen Xers. Yeah, you know that like new stuff. Uh, damn millennials. When are we going to stop being blamed for stuff? And these Gen Xers are going to shoulder for the blame for, for ruining everything. Can we start that? Can we just be like Gen Xers? How Gen Xers ruined you know Applebee's and stuff? It's not just us. Gen Xers killed O'Charlie. Yeah. Uh, this state fan asking this question. So it's it's not like a you know a home home you know a homer take. Let's see, uh, is Mississippi State really that much better than Ole Miss? I think State's probably is much better. Like they're 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 that much better than like Memphis was. Like I think if the game was played today, State would be a six or seven point favorite. I don't know how to answer that right now. I haven't seen enough of Ole Miss, so State is definitely better than Ole Miss is right now from what they've shown. Could that get narrow by the end of the year? Sure, because I'm not completely sold on Tommy Stevens yet. I'd like to see him perform against a good defense. And may, this weekend's a step forward. State's you know, got a much better defense than Ole Miss. Kylan Hill's a really good running back. So I guess it kind of rests on Sheevan's shoulders. If he's kind of the real deal and is, I'll say, competent, then yeah, they are probably that much better. But could that you know injury whatever quarterback play not being good could that gap narrow sure but i'm not ready to go there yet because i haven't seen enough from Ole Miss. it's been two games one against an atrocious team certainly fair i don't disagree i, I think it'd be a six or seven point line if the game were played today i would think state would win the football game um last question on your tweet where do you think and you're gonna have to answer this one uh where do you think thornberry will finish at the sanderson farms championship that's so difficult to gauge because golf's such a fickle sport. Thornberry hasn't been playing particularly well of late, but look, he's familiar with that golf course. He's any if you're look, he's got as good a chance as anybody. This was this thing I was always trying to tell people when he would get into these professional events as an amateur. It's like, look, this kid has game. Like he probably doesn't know how to be a professional golfer yet, and that's more of course like management type stuff, more so than playing golf, but as far as talent on a golf course, there's not as much of a gap. And I would argue that that's not like that's even less the case now being a new pro. So, if he got into contention at that, it wouldn't shock me at all, but putting a definitive place on where he finishes in a 4-day tournament, I don't I, I that's it's too because like if I say oh he's making a top ten and then he goes out and shoots seventy seven on Thursday you know that's not indicative of what quality golfer is but he's certainly out of that tournament yeah no that that seems fair I'm not a not a golf aficionado so I'll let you take that one you didn't want right. to weigh in on that one do what you didn't want to weigh in on that one man look if if I told everybody about my golf knowledge I I would embarrass you so I, you know it is what it is yeah Let's so see. I don't need to be embarrassed. <laughs> Which wide receiver has the most yards Saturday, excluding Elijah Moore? That's a good question. 
That is oh. a really good question. I'm going to say Dontario Drummond, assuming with the qualifier that Braylon Sanders doesn't play, which I think is pretty safe. I'm going to give you an interesting. Because I think he's going to play a lot. Isn't Miles Battle, doesn't he play the slot? So, mostly outside. Is he outside? Okay. Whoever replaces Elijah Moore when, they get it, when he comes out the game, uh, the game's out of hand, I think he's going to have a big day. That could be Jerry on Ely or Tyler Knight some. Yeah. Yeah, I think whoever plays in the slot uh, after Elijah Moore is going to have a big, really big day. Fair enough. All right, let's see. Uh, are you a big like Disney World Orlando guy? I went once when I was a kid. I would say I was around fifth or sixth grade. I really liked it. I thought the novelty all of it was cool. My girlfriend is absolutely obsessed with it to the point to where it kind of worries me. So I think there's a level of fandom that comes with this Disney stuff that's far beyond my grasp, but I like it. So I would put myself in the mild category. So um, somebody asked Universal Studios or, or Disney World. We have we've we've gone to Universal Studios for an hour together one time. We did. We went out. We went out to the bar. So I've been to Disney World as a kid, and I've only been to the bars in Universal. We went out one night before the Ole Miss. Florida State game, and that is my entire experience at Universal. I honestly, and I'm not trying to be like hardo, like party guy, I don't remember a lot of what Universal looked like because we only went to that little bar scene. Like, we didn't really go to the park, yeah. you know? And then so, we got and then we got kicked out, and then you got banned from Lyft. No, we didn't get night. kicked out. The things closed, and we couldn't find the pickup location. That place was like a maze. So I was actually telling someone that story, and they were like, hey, the same thing happened to us. We couldn't find the drop-off location, so that made me feel a ton better. Because remember that guy had to give us a ride on a golf cart? That's right. That's right. Did, are you still banned from Lyft? Uh, I haven't tried in a while, but I don't think I can take Lyft anytime soon. Because <laughs> you, cause you like got us a ride like six different times, and we couldn't find where to meet them. So yeah, and so they kept canceling, and then Sudo was like, keep, keep calling them. And I was like, no. Like, I've called like 12 of these. And, of course, they didn't take too kindly of that, and I don't really blame them. Oh, God. All right, if Ole Miss lost by blank points to Alabama in a few weeks, it would be considered a moral victory. 24? I was going to say 21, yeah. That's 24, I'll hear it. Okay. If you just prove you're be- not belong on – yeah, is belong on the same field fair? Yeah. I mean, don't be down 30 at halftime. Like, you know, be down 12. Get a stop or two. Do what? Get a stop or two. Maybe score yeah, a touchdown yeah. or two early in the game. Like, make it somewhat competitive. Because last year, what was it, 48-3 to three at halftime, and Alabama scored on... No, all... by God, Ole Miss scored on the first play of the game. Show some respect. 48-7, right? Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah, so, like... <sighs> yeah. Like, I mean, that game was never competitive. I'm pretty sure Alabama scored virtually every time they had the ball. I think Ole Miss may have recovered a fumble. If I'm not, if I remember correctly, I don't know. Point being, anyone with two eyeballs knew that game was not competitive from after 14 seconds on. All right, do do you guys consider the powder blue helmet, red jerseys, and gray pants one of the best looking uniforms in football? I am not a uniform guy. I will put that out there uh, with, without you know uh, lying to the people. I think Ole Miss should wear powder blue, red jerseys, and white pants, and it would be the best uniform in football. White pants? White pants, yes. I don't mind. I, I said for all the grief old Miss catches for the powder blue helmets and how it originated and it being a total accident and our, the athletic department being cheap, I do think the powder blue helmets contrast well on red. And so I think that's a nice look. Other than that, I don't really care. I'm, I'm not a big uniform guy either. I mean, hell, I'm, I'm partially colorblind. So like, Are you really? Yeah, I got that red-green colored effect where like colors that blend like kind of look similar together. I can't really decipher it all. It's, Wait, uh, so do you struggle at like, stopwise? Excuse me. No, 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 no. It's, so it's not – I mean, I guess that could potentially be if it was bad. But they call it the red-green color effect. But it's like like navy purple, stuff like that, colors, colors that don't contrast very well. I got you. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, getting dressed um, well, sometimes is a real pain in the butt. What was your? Do you remember your favorite Disney ride? Oh, excuse me. Uh, Tower. I like Tower of Terror. Tower of Terror was badass. Yeah. Yeah, Rock and Roller Coaster was really good too. Uh, our buddy Jay wants to know what I asked for Disney World questions being funny, and, and I got some. Uh, Jake wants to know uh, from the Oxford Eagle what he should do at Disney World the first time. Uh, I have no clue, man. I haven't gone since I was in, like, sixth grade. But it was cool, and I enjoyed it. 
I, everyone always says the around the world thing at Epcot where you go to all the different places that have yeah. like restaurants yeah, and shops. Cool. That's always cool. Uh, maybe puke on a rod? There you go. Uh, soberly puke on a rod. Get fast passes. I remember that being a big thing. Yeah, that's a if big you buy thing. the fast pass, you don't have to wait in line. So yeah, a, a really I'm pretty sure deal. that's the most cliched non-pro tip of all time, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. Let's see. Uh, if you dropped all of Ole Miss's football team into a fight to the death, who comes out alive? Kadir Shepard, and you gave him a club. Like end of story. Yeah, I think I'm. Gonna, I think I'm going to agree with you. Uh, I'm trying to just think of like who would be my final candidate. Kadir Shepard's my winner. Uh, if Momo was healthy, I would have put him in there. Benito Jones, maybe. But those are probably my final three. Yeah, say, I, I don't know. I'm not. I, I get. I mean, Sam Williams is the hot topic today. Go read yeah. that story. I'll plug it again. He's uh, he's long, athletic, can jump, and he Tough is he is a force. Yeah. So I, yeah. he's in the conversation. Pick one freshman on offense and defense you're interested to see this weekend. Offense. Ontario Drummond the Juco. Uh, I'm interested to see who the backup quarterback is. To be honest, that that's probably the most interesting freshman to battle. I I, I can see on the offensive side, defense. I'm not too sure. Uh, ooh, that's a good question. I'm, I'm not exactly sure who I would want to see on defense. Yeah. So, freshman, so. Qu- quick sidebar in that regard. Tisdale's the first one in the game, right? Yeah. Yes. But I, if if it is gets to that point, it's probably Tisdale. And and Plumley, like there's no way I don't think they play one and not the other. Yeah, agree. I, I think I think Tisdale's probably the first off the bench, and then Plumley's going to get some snaps too. Uh, and maybe Kincaid gets a series or two if they're up by a lot. I guess we are just assuming Ole Miss is going to run Cela out of the stadium. Yeah, so I, it's it's worth pointing out right now, and I guess right now is a good time ever. So. Southeast Louisiana has a ton of D1 fallbacks. The Cole Kelly kid from Arkansas, they have a running back from Indiana. They've got a quarterback. Their starters a transfer from Fresno State. They got a lot of talent and a lot of speed, and they went 4-7 and seven in this guy's first year last year, but they upset the number 6-ranked FCS team in the country and beat them by 21 oh, points in Week 1. I am sorry to, uh, to interrupt you. DirecTV is losing ESPN this weekend. Their contract runs out this weekend. So if you have DirecTV, there is a possibility you cannot watch ESPN affiliates this weekend. Why? Uh, well, I mean, you're not seeing, like, uh, the TV battles where people, I mean, like, pull, like they, it took them forever to get the SEC network. The contract with Disney that uh, DirecTV has runs out today at 5 o'clock. How do so they not get stuff like that figured out? Yeah, that, that that's unacceptable. I mean, good God, if people can't watch football tomorrow. And I'm one of those people. I have direct TV. Yeah, and if you're trying to stop people from cord cutting, like, this seems like an awful strategy. No? Do what? If you're trying to stop people from cord cutting, this seems yeah. like a pretty horrible strategy. Yeah. yeah. Not letting them have ESPN does seem bold. I will grant that. Good grief. That's a dumb decision. Uh, let's see. Last question. Any Chancellor info? Uh, and do you have a candidate that, that you think's out in the, out the league? No, not at the moment. Not that I feel comfortable sharing. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I just think the math. I think there is a. I think there's a possibility we're within a two month window of getting this filled. I'd say that's but generous. I'm also willing to say that it could be after the new year. Who knows? Uh, it's a mess. I, that's all the questions. You want to talk about some, some, some lines for this weekend? Yeah, but we didn't really hit on the quarterback thing much. That's going to be fascinating to me. Well, I mean, first, Ole Miss has to be up by a good bit. Second, yeah, does that happen, by the way? Because I don't a... know. It's only a 30-point line. If Ole Miss is up 30-7 to seven in the fourth quarter, are they really going to pull Corral out? Your guess is as good as mine. That's what I'm saying, like, I think Ole Miss wins it fairly easily, but there's a scenario where they're not pulling starters in the fourth quarter. And it's because of the opposite reason for last year than last year, right? That's what's going to be interesting to me is, so, like, if Ole Miss played this last year, this this exact game. Yeah. 
I don't know. Oh, hold on. Uh, sorry, it's, it's I'm reverse roles to be sure. No, so no, so what I was I was saying. Sorry, I lost my train of thought for a second. What what I was saying was that last year, and you saw this happen twice. You saw it happen in the Kent State game, and you saw it happen against Southern Illinois. I think it was. It's. Ole Miss was so bad defensively that if you let this team go march down the field and score a bunch of points, it's going to look really bad in a hurry. I think the defense has probably improved enough to where they'll get enough stops to where if the offense sputters some, there'll still be time to pull away. Whereas last year, I mean, they gave up, what, who was it, Southern Illinois or was it Kent State where they gave up 38 and a half? It was Southern Illinois. Yeah, Yeah. like you see what I'm saying? Like, I don't think that'll happen again, which is good because that's an embarrassing look for their program. So that's a good thing for Ole Miss. But like, so I think there'll there'll be there'll be more time. I guess I'm saying for separation because the defense is more competent. Certainly fair. Certainly fair. I I think Ole Miss wins this game by 28 31 points. Um, I there's a difference in 28 31 points. Are you up 38 nothing at halftime and lose the second half? How does that work? Um, we'll see. I think I don't think Ole Miss is going to be. I don't think it's competitive in the about the middle of the third quarter. I'll put it that way. Yeah, that's fair. So I think they end up pulling starters. I think they end up pulling away. But if this, like this Southeast Louisiana team has enough talent to like scare Ole Miss for a while, I guess that'll be my disclaimer. Sure. Uh, all right. Let's 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 hit some lines real quick. Is there anything else we missed on this weekend? I'm trying to think. Just thinking out loud. No. I mean, dude, they're playing Sela. No, no, I, I got it. I got it. I'm just. <laughs> With as much with as much new as on this team, even like games that aren't necessarily compelling, there's still kind of interesting subplots. Where last year, I'm sitting there looking at uh, looking at like walking into a game like you know Southern Illinois or Kent State, and just like this is going to be a boring three hours of football, and it could yeah, be you someone going to throw it around all over the place. The clock wasn't going to go, and still give up a bunch of points. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so anyway, yeah, we can get to some lines. All right. Uh, Mississippi State minus seven and a half versus Kansas State. Kansas State. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Wildcats. Georgia minus thirty two and a half versus Arkansas State. I think Arkansas State because of everything that's going on. What's going on? Blake Anderson, who lost his oh, wife to okay, cancer, yeah. is returning to coaching this week. The entire stadium's wearing pink. I'm not saying Georgia's going to take it easy on him, but like there's a chance they kind of call off the dogs or the dog is on a leash, whatever you want to say, yeah, towards the end that, of the I, game I, I because it's I'm a very tender right and way. delicate in situation. That's a wonderful, a very sad story, but a wonderful one was done by David Hale, I believe, on ESPN.com about that whole situation. Blake Anderson seems like a good guy in a business where there's not that's not always the case. So really sad story, but I think that'll be a cool scene in Athens on Saturday. Tennessee minus 28 versus UT Chattanooga. How do you take Tennessee at, at, at this rate? Yes, they'll That's probably win the game. I, uh, give me the mocks, I guess. Go T.O. Yeah. yeah. All right. Alabama minus 25 at South Carolina. Alabama. Same. <laughs> We're kind of doing the same. Uh, Colorado State plus 10 at Arkansas. Colorado State. I don't know how you yeah. take Arkansas. How, how is Arkansas favored by ten over anybody? Is my question. Yeah, that's, um, that's a good point. Jesus Christ! Auburn minus thirty-five and a half versus Kent State. Auburn. I'm gonna take Kent State. Okay, I but, know nothing about Kent State. Yeah, uh, Florida minus eight at Kentucky. Florida, I think. Yeah, no, I, I actually really like that line. Yeah, I think Florida's going to kill them. Uh, I'm not doing the other four all FCS lines, so who cares? There's our SEC picks for the week. Just bounce around. To the, I know it's a weak slate, but there's kind of some off-the-radar interesting games. Do you have a couple of those? Uh, Oklahoma's at UCLA. They're going to murder them. Yeah. I, uh, BYU hosts USC. That's kind of fun. I think I'll take USC. They look that kid looked really good last yeah, they week. Can't play. Uh Graham Harrell, USC's offensive coordinator, not gonna be long for the head coach. Not gonna be long. Uh UCF minus nine versus Stanford. Stanford. KJ Costello's back. I think UCF probably wins that game, but I, nine's a lot. 
Uh, T Boone Pickens died this week. Oklahoma State minus 14 versus Tulsa. Oklahoma State. Agreed. Play them. Let's see. I'm just, oh, we have El Asico this weekend. Uh, Iowa minus one and a half at Iowa State. I think I like Iowa State. Okay. I don't hate that. They look like crap two weeks ago against the FCS team, but Iowa looks like crap every week because they're awful to watch. So, oh, our boy Hugh is a five and a half point dog to Liberty. Wait, he's how is he a five and a half point dog to Liberty? He coaches them. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's a five and a half point dog to Buffalo. My bad. Buffalo? Yep. Yep. Uh, Southern Miss plus three at Troy. I'm just putting that out there. Troy? Oh, there's not a ton of interesting games this weekend. Oh, Clemson minus 28 at Syracuse. I'll go Syracuse, and I think they'll bounce back a little bit after beginning uh, – Whopped last week. Then you had Maryland Temple. You've also got Indiana, Ohio State, and maybe one other. Uh, TCU minus two at Purdue is kind of fun. I'll go TCU. I don't know a ton about that. Okay. This line just makes me laugh. Uh, Virginia minus seven and a half versus Florida State. <laughs> what? Uh, oh, Virginia for sure. Now the mighty have fallen. There's seven and a half point dog to Virginia. Yeah, dude, that's a tough look. Yeah, that's a bad look. What do you expect though? They beat I mean they beat they, Monroe, they, they took a sh- they, yeah, they took a shanked point. extra point in overtime to beat Monroe. Like they can't if stop Monroe, anybody. How do you not go for two? Yeah, you gotta go for the win there. I agree. That's surprising. But honestly, in in some ways, is that the ultimate dig at FSU? Is like, hey, we don't need to go for two. We don't feel like we should steal this. We can beat them and we can outlast yeah, we're them. The, we're the better team. So yeah, is that is, yeah? Is that almost like the ultimate dig? <laughs> oh, good God, Tigers not making it through this year. Uh, Texas Tech minus two at Arizona. Texas Tech because Arizona seems like a disaster. Yep. Bill uh, Longo's catching three tonight uh, at Wake Forest. I'll go UNC. Ride him until he doesn't win. They, they've all gotten off to a very surprising two and zero start. I would say because I think a lot of people thought Miami was going to beat them pretty handily. And they didn't. They lost the game. Um, you know, Phil Longo's been sending DMs lately. Really? I'm actually surprised I haven't caught one of those. Ask, uh, ask your buddy Chase about them. I will. Uh, Washington plus nine and a half at Houston. Washington State, my bad. I think I'll go Houston? No, no, no. Okay. Okay. No, actually, I'm gonna Washington, Washington. I'm going to change it. Washington State. That game's actually at Reliant Stadium, not at Houston Stadium. It doesn't matter. I'll go Houston. But no, no, no. Excuse me. I changed. I just changed five times. Washington State. Is that it? Rip. Hey, is that it? Is to close it out. Okay. Let's see. I got, uh, so, uh, t- you want you want to go? Yeah, I got it pulled up. Tennessee okay. minus three against Indianapolis. I'll go to the Titans. Yeah, I'm taking the Titans there. Chargers minus one and a half at Detroit. I think I'll go Detroit, actually. Yeah, I was going to say, the line makes no sense. So, Detroit. Buffalo minus one and a half against the Giants. I'll go the Giants, and I don't feel good about that at all. I'm going to go Buffalo. But I don't feel good either. Arizona plus 12 and a half again at Baltimore. I'll go Arizona. I'm going to go Baltimore. Uh, just Shoot, I just lost my place. Hold on. Here we go. New England, 18.5 at Miami. My God, God almighty, an 18.5 point road favorite in the National Football League. I've never seen that. What was that? What's, that line? What's that line at home, 23? Yeah, it's, well, they could, they, we'll see this year. Um, I'm laying them. Miami's that bad. Yeah, whatever. I guess I will, too. Let's see. Dallas minus six at Washington. Washington. I'll go Dallas. Houston plus eight against Jackson. Uh, Houston at home minus eight against Jacksonville. Excuse Ooh, I was about to say, I'm going to Junica right now. If that's the line. Yeah, no. Um, Houston. I'll go. I hope I'm wrong. I'll go Jacksonville Minshew Club. I'll get on the train. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on Minshew doing well. Seattle I'm plus three and a half on that. the road at Pittsburgh. I will go Seattle because Pittsburgh looked like a train wreck last week. 
Yeah, I'm going to go with Seattle, too. Cincinnati minus one and a half against the 49ers. I'll go Cincinnati. Thanks. Kansas City minus seven at Oakland. I'll actually go Oakland. Oakland, yeah. I'm going to take Oakland, too. New Orleans plus two against the Rams. I think the Rams are out for something. No, excuse me. New Orleans. New Orleans plus two. I had that completely backwards. I don't know if New Orleans is good enough. I'm going to take the Rams. Okay. Let's see. couple more. Chicago minus two against the Broncos. Chicago. Yeah, Denver looks really incompetent. Things can change week to week, particularly early in the NFL, but I'll go Chicago. Philadelphia minus two against Atlanta on the road. Philadelphia. Yeah, I'll go Philly too. And then Monday Night Football, Cleveland minus six and a half against the Jets. Sam Darnold out with Mono. Yep, been kissing folks. I'm taking the Browns. That's a big break for the Browns because them starting 0-2 would have been bad news. Oh, that would have been a bad look. Yeah, it really would have. How do you, how does, how do you, how does, I mean, are they, are they, I guess New York's toast. Because if he's out multiple weeks, they're done. Oh, yeah, well, I think they were done with him, but, you know, without him. But it would have at least been interesting to watch, right? Who's their quarterback? It's Trevor Simeon? <laughs> oh, they're going to die. Um, yeah. So, yeah, they're done. If, yeah, they're done. Uh, I guess we never talked about what an abomination that Thursday night game was last night. Cam Newton needs to either get healthy or he, he's not going to be able to play, man. Because what I saw last night was the But he's, like, he's – that, that can't play in the NFL. I'm glad we brought this up to close because I had some thoughts on this. He's definitely hurt. He is not yeah, healthy. Absolutely. His That leg is not right. I don't think his shoulder's ever been permanently right, and I think that some of it's overcompensation because I think, I, I, I think, like whenever he his throwing motion's very jerky, he missed wide misses wide open receivers. He didn't look like he wanted to plant on that leg when he threw, and you notice everyone was killing North Turner in the play calling. He's not an idiot. He knows Superman. He knows he has an MVP quarterback that was a force running the ball went to a Super Bowl fifteen and one. They're not running him because he can't run it. I mean, you don't you don't just look that fourth and one. If Cam's right, they just send him over the top and it's a touchdown, and nobody stops it. Right, and he's just running more in general. He was a pocket pocket passer strictly in that game. Yep, he didn't even take off and run and, and make one play, to my knowledge. I hate that because whatever you want to say, think about Cam. He's an electric player, and you really haven't ever seen a quarterback like him. And that year they went to the Super Bowl. That was one of the more entertaining years I've ever watched in the NFL because they were a hell of a freight train and they yeah, were so they, good they offensively really good on defense and then yeah he was something else but he's to eat the way he took so he accumulated so many hits through all those years i'm not sure if he's ever going to be the same yeah no i don't, I don't think he's ever going to be the same which but is a shame there's, there's no way yeah so and Jameis actually looked okay he threw the ball yeah, really well made some really Jameis nice throws Terrible. He's not great. No, no. He's not he, terrible. He has, he's kind of somewhat like Cam. He has the talent, and he makes some throws where you're like, that kid's got a hell of an arm and is really accurate. His just his. De- I mean, and this bodes to, this kind of leaks into off the field too. It's his decision making. It's yep. not like where is that throw going. It's why in the hell did you throw that there? And I think that kind of is indicative of some of his decision making off of the football field that's cost him as well. Oh yeah. I mean, I think those go hand in hand. I think he has a decision making problem, not a talent issue. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think that's unfair at all. Uh, when he's right, man, he's really good. Yeah, he is, and he's got a guy that knows how to coach quarterbacks. And yes, Jameis was really bad last week. Four turnovers, I think, a couple pick sixes, at least one. If yeah. there's anybody that's going to fix him, it's probably Bruce Arians. And I'm not saying what I saw last night, like he's fixed. But if there's a guy that's going to get the best out of Jameis and really kind of save his career, because if he tanks this year, he's toast. They're done with him. They're drafting a quarterback. They're moving on, in my opinion. If there's someone that can fix him, it's probably Arians. I think that I think Arians is a really good football coach. So yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree at all. Um, I'm not a quarterback guru by any stretch of imagination, but he was taken number one overall for a reason. There's talent there, and uh, if, if somebody's going to pull it out of him, I, I wouldn't doubt it to be Arians. That's about all I've got for today. I am sleep-deprived. I'm not feeling really well. I've got an allergy attack, uh, but I powered through for the people, so you're welcome. I'm going to get some sleep before we do radio this afternoon.
Yeah, go go grab some sleep, man, for, for everybody's health. Yeah, so that's pretty much all we got today. Uh, sorry if this was a bit of a half-assed Friday show. I was a little out of whack trying to get that story up. I would encourage you to go read it at supertalk.fm. I spent a lot of time on it. Colin edited it for me, so we both that's spent true. a lot of time on it. I really appreciate that. Uh, I worked hard on it. He's got a hell of a story. He really, I don't want to say he shouldn't be at Ole Miss, but man, he lost two loved ones to inadvertent gun violence. They both were caught in the crossfire of stray bullets. He had a four-year-old niece get shot in the head after wow. and stemming from a gunfight outside. And then his best friend and essentially his brother is a kid named Shaquille Johnson who died because in Montgomery because someone shot up the wrong house. He's kind of had a tumultuous home life. How he got here is a really fascinating story. So go read that at supertalk.fm. We appreciate you listening to this podcast. I continue to get awesome feedback. So everywhere, like not everywhere I go, I don't want to sound conceited, but when I go out and I see people I know, some people I don't know, it's really cool to hear the feedback that people listen. I really, really appreciate it. If you have ideas, you have feedback, you have complaints, send them my way. Don't be like that guy yesterday. Maybe be a little more civil. But other than that, I'm pretty open to critique. So. And if you want to sponsor us, email Brian. I'll yeah, you if you want to, basically, if you want to give us money, that'll work too. So I appreciate <laughs> it. You guys are the tip of the spear. Um, let me know your feedback. But we'll be back at it on Monday to analyze what will probably be an Ole Miss win, but maybe be more interesting if it's not. We'll, we'll be back Monday to talk about Cal. Yeah. So anyway, for Colin Brister, I am Brian Scott Rippy. We appreciate you listening and have a great and safe weekend. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.